Hello, everybody. My name is Mike Stroh. This is the State of Mind podcast on Radio Regent Park. And today we have Renelle Bruder with us. She was supposed to be our first repeat guest, but the snowstorm, I guess, a couple months ago shut us down. Anyway, so she's back. She's here to tell us about all the awesome things she has been doing since we last spoke. And that's about it. So, Renelle, can you introduce yourself and maybe tell yes. yeah, tell people why you're here, what you're up to? Yes. Yeah, so, hello. My name is Renelle Bruder. I am a speaker. I'm an advocate, writer, uh, researcher, and founder of the RISE Initiative, a grassroots project to support vulnerable youth. Um, and yeah, so since then, I've been really doing a lot more of the advocacy work. So just really creating awareness around issues that impact vulnerable youth, but also women. Um, so a lot within the human trafficking space, um, a lot with homelessness. So just different causes that I'm passionate about. Um, yeah, so just really kind of keeping busy, educating people, and just just creating awareness. People understand, I think, sort of what's going on. Because there's a lot of just, I wouldn't say ignorance, but just people aren't aware. So um, particularly when we talk about something like human trafficking, um, people just aren't aware that that's something that's happening that's going on here in Toronto. Cool. You know, so I think yeah. just some things like that. Great. Um, yeah, I think some of the things I've seen you write about or sort of talk about um, have definitely helped me understand the wider perspective on because mm. when we think of human trafficking sometimes we just think i don't know sort of prostitution or like people women being brought from one part of the world to another but it's so much more complex and deeper than that obviously um okay so before why don't we why don't you tell <laughs> us yeah because it's like right so into it now. Know, oh my god um so maybe why don't you tell us why why you started this journey of yours and, and yeah, what sort of brought you, cause you used to work, I guess, in the hospital world from the last time we spoke yes. and you were, you sort of branched away from that uh, to do this. So yes. yeah. Can you yes. tell us a bit about why and, and sort of what you're hoping to get or, or to do? Yeah. Yeah. So my, my education, my background is in healthcare, um, health research, health technology. So yes, I worked for many years within the healthcare sector. And just just recently, so just um, last summer, I was just doing volunteer work. Um, and just in working with young people, I, I noticed that there wasn't a lot of people that they could sort of relate to. So I would work in a lot of these different amazing organizations here in Toronto, and they have this just multitude of services. But the young people don't really have sort of mentors or people they can look to that have had that similar shared experiences, mm -hmm. but been able to sort of transition out of it, been able to turn their lives around. And I think that's important for young people to see that representation. And so knowing that I had the history and I've had this, you know, interesting journey that I've had where I've been able to overcome, you know, multiple traumatic experiences, but still turn my life around and transition, um, I felt it was important to sort of share my story with young people, not only just as an inspiration, but also just to share the tools and the strategies and the things that helped me um, turn my life around. And so it's, that's really how the RISE Initiative started, wanting to share the knowledge that I had gained with other young people and sort of, I guess I would say, it's kind of grown into something where I'm taking that on a larger platform. So now speaking, um, whether it's, you know, talking, you know, with policy and, you know, decision makers or just kind of coming on places like this, like podcasts and just creating awareness around different issues. Cool. And what um, you were recently on a panel or a discussion with, the prime minister about, can you tell us about that? Why don't you tell yes, us about that? Yeah. So, um, so that was, yeah, it was a round table. It was closed off to media. So it was private and it was for International Women's Day. And it was in Toronto, right? It was in yeah. Toronto here. Yeah. And really what it was, was the prime minister and his team wanted to really get an understanding of 
you know, economic, what the government can do, what the government needs to know in regards to economic opportunities and entrepreneurship for women, particularly women of color, um, who, as we know, um, have much, you know, greater barriers of entry into entrepreneurship and things like that. And so I was able to come from the lens of someone who works in a space of vulnerable women, which is an added barrier, right? When you have other, when you're dealing with homelessness and poverty, mm-hmm. and then you're still trying to, you know, engage in, you know, the economic community. So yeah, so it's just really opportunity for us all to share our lenses, our experience. And yeah, it was great. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so maybe you could describe some of those or what are some of the barriers and what do they look like in people's sort of moment to moment or daily life because that's what I think a lot Mm. that's where the lack of awareness and understanding I think comes from a lot is really understanding really what it looks like in a daily life or something like that yeah well I would say just from my own experiences um you know, if you don't have an education, right, I was a high school dropout, uh, which means that now you have limited opportunities to make income. So you're living on minimum wage jobs, which typically means you have to work more than one minimum wage job just to make it right. So just to the bare minimum, you know, rent, food, keep the lights on kind of thing. Um, I was also a single mom. So now you have and a lot of women, you know, are single moms. They're dealing with that additional financial responsibility, taking care of children, um, managing time, Right. You're trying to, you're trying to work. You have babysitting. You have all the different costs. And I think that just the mental, like the mental health aspect of that, that's a lot of stress. It's a lot of stress you're dealing with when you're basically just in survival mode. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like every day you're getting up and you're just trying to survive and you're not really ever getting ahead. It's like, you know, what is it? One step forward, two steps back. Mm-hmm. And you, it's like a vicious cycle that you stay in. And the, really the only way, one of the only ways I believe to get out of that is if you have an opportunity, any sort of, you know, educational opportunities or something skill based, something where you can find a way to earn an income that's going to be able to support you, which is very hard to do, especially in Toronto, especially nowadays in Toronto. Yeah. And is that partly because of the rent costs and stuff like that or just in general yeah and well yeah i mean definitely i think rent costs have gone up and we know the cost of living has increased in toronto but also just the um educational requirements now right for entry level so i remember when we were younger right i think if you had a bachelor's degree like pat on the back amazing (laughs) now um, right yeah now i mean you need a master's degree Mm -hmm. entry level for majority of positions positions that pay that give you benefits you know and things like that you need a master's degree Cool. Okay. So those are serious barriers. And what's so amazing about your journey Mm. is that you, how you navigated through that. So maybe can you tell us (laughs) how you did that? So you're high school dropout and a new mom. So how did you go from that to where you are now? Because you really made some, worked your butt off. Yeah. Yeah, And just, yeah. Yeah, no. So, so you did your GED or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so because the, that's also really helpful for people to see. Yeah. You, yeah. So it wasn't, and it wasn't, it wasn't a, because, you know, when you tell a story, people think it all happened within six months. Yeah. So yeah. I want to emphasize. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It was years. Yes. No, but, um, so yes, yeah, so I was a single mom. I had my daughter and I was doing that. I was working multiple minimum wage jobs, really yeah. struggling, um, and knew that I needed to make a change. The only way to do that was to get an education. And so, but because I couldn't go directly into the school, into college, mm-hmm. university, because I was a high school dropout, so I had to get my GED. Okay. And so that process was just, I had to study for it because I'd been out of high school now for yeah. a while. So wait, did you go to night school or how did you do that? Or what, are, um, what There that? was a pro. I remember, I forget the name of it, but there was a yeah. program where they did, like they taught you and it was a free program. So it's a free program where they kind of taught you to the test. Yeah. So they taught you to the okay, GED right, test. Yeah, and I yeah. think it was only, you know, like three months or something like that. So maybe like once or twice a week. So I went to that, studied, eventually was able to pass the test. And this um, is in between working yeah, and taking care of yeah. your daughter. So, so, yeah, yeah. Just... so still had, you know, a full-time Ooh. job, still working, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, had to sort of shuffle my daughter between sitters and, you know. That no, it's is. incredible. Yeah. yeah, and get that done. Yeah. Um, so that was probably one of the most challenging things, but mm-hmm. I think then doing it and completing it, um, 
that marked really a change because all of a sudden, you know, you gain that confidence in yourself and your ability to tackle something. So then I was like, okay, if I can do this, then maybe I can go back to school. (laughs) Yeah. So I I think that that is also the story that doesn't get parsed out in these situations. You know, when you look at someone like yourself or when you hear so-and-so is doing this, but the incredible amount of effort and determination that is underlying all of that that no one sees. Um, and I would say also, I don't think young people often get, uh, you kind of said it earlier, aren't shown the role model or they don't hear about all that hard work that happens for people yeah. like you, I guess. And also that they can do it too, in a sense. Um, and yeah, it's just nice to, hear that come out you know here you're it's inspiring to me and i think more people can be inspired when they hear it as opposed to just like work harder or do more do this but yeah Yeah, no because i think it's important to just you know give young people sort of realistic expectations yes yes. and so i find a lot of times you hear these you know go to school then get the job and then buy the condo and do this and there's a lot in between that, particularly if you're someone that doesn't have financial support, you don't have family, yeah. you know, backing you and supporting you and guiding you. You're learning on your own and you're making mistakes as you go. I, you know, I can't tell you how many mistakes that I made mm-hmm. or do you know what I mean? You just, you kind of learn as you go. So it takes a little bit longer. Yeah. Do you know, it's not that clean, smooth, you know, right after high school, go to university, graduate. Yeah. No, you All know, right. so. Right. Okay, cool. So then you went to college. Yeah. And then. Did was that a regular trajectory, like four years, three years kind of thing? Well, or? yeah. So I I started in um like a two year school, right? Yeah. So because I couldn't get into university, okay, because you can't get into university with just a GED. Oh man, the story, <laughs> the plot thickens. Yeah, amazing, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I had to, which I mean was would made the most sense because I'd been out of school for so long. Yeah. I think that I probably would have it would have been too much to go straight into university program. So I'd went into a two year college program, which was great, was really good for me. Um I learned a lot. I took advantage of every single tutor after you know program. <laughs> Anything they offered, yeah. I took advantage of. You know, every instructor that said you want to stay late for class to get help, I stayed. Okay, wait, I wanna <laughs> So that's amazing. Yeah. And I think most people don't take advantage of those yeah. things. I shouldn't say most, but many. Um, and then they wonder why they don't get maybe what they want to get or something like that. And I'm curious if your exper- personal experience leading up to that, how much that contributed to you going the extra mile and maybe why, I don't know, I think personally, I didn't do that either uh, until I was had sort of my, I don't know, the light from the sky above hit me. <laughs> but yeah, like as a kid, I would never have done the extra yeah. things. And people don't often do the extra things. And I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what I want to ask. But can you describe yeah. sort of most kids might have gone partying or they might have gone to watch the hockey game or the basketball game or the, you know, or whatever. Netflix. Well, which wasn't back then, but yeah. Well, it was, you know, considering my circumstances, it was a, you know, young single mom. Yeah. So that really wasn't an option. Right. Um, And I think because of that, and, you know, I'm actually really grateful for that because I was like, I had to make it. You know what I mean? There's something about, I think, having a cushion or something to fall back on yeah. that can actually be detrimental, yeah. right? Because when you have nothing to fall back on, I mean, you you have to find that in right. yourself. Right. And so I think when I was in school, I mean, I was paying out of pocket, right? I didn't have anyone paying for my school for me. So, I mean, <laughs> I was amazing. able to, no, yeah. I was fortunate. I was able to sure, get some sure. grants and yeah, scholarships, yeah, yeah, but, but still, yeah. yeah. So you're still paying for your home yeah, life. Yeah, you're still your, paying yeah, for yeah, everything. Yeah. So to me, I I couldn't fail. Like I couldn't fail a single class. So if yeah. I was not doing well in the class, I had to do whatever I could right. to pass it because I can't afford to repeat this class and pay again. Yeah. But even still, people in that situation <laughs> still don't do it. You know what I mean? It's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Anyhow. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah so I think, you know, just having the responsibilities that yeah. I had, you know, sort of that weight on my shoulders, it, I, I, to me, I didn't feel like I had the option, like I had to pass. Right. And, and I think there's also a level of humility. That comes into play because I did meet other people who were in similar circumstances, some even like, you know, much worse than mine, yeah. who still wouldn't have taken those opportunities yeah, yeah, because yeah. 
there's a level of humility where you have to ask for help, yeah. where you have to sort of admit you don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's yeah. really hard for people to say, I don't know. Yeah. Can you please help me? Right. There's that, that pride that comes yeah, in the way, yeah. right? No, you that's know, yeah. A great point. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of, whether it's, this isn't fair, I shouldn't have to do this, or why is yeah. the world against me, yes. or whatever. Yeah, that's a great Or even just insight, having to admit yeah. that you don't know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know how often when you're in a class and teacher asks, does everyone get that? Right. No one raises their hands. <laughs> and meanwhile, everyone's like, I have no idea what she just said. Right. So I think it's that. So if they wow. think my experience has probably helped me just, you know, maybe just be more humble. Yeah. And, you know, you know kind of like mm-hmm. remove that that pride, right? Where if I needed help, I was like, I'll ask for it. Yeah. Like there was just no shame yeah, yeah, yeah. in asking. I know it's funny because that seems to be the initial thing that people fear it's like oh i can't ask for help because then i'll look silly or i won't look this or that okay cool so you were working your tail off doing it the college thing okay so then you finished and then you had to get into university after that yeah so then i finished and um it was it was an easy transition because it was a program was one that um sort of had like a bridge into the into the university so that was good so that was a smooth transition um went into university and just finished the last two years. And yeah, I learned a lot. It was good. And now by now, you know, you've developed time management skills. You've developed a lot of those things that now you need to be successful. Yes. So, I mean, it was still hard. It's still to work. No, it's still to yeah, hustle, yeah, yeah. you know. But um, at least Ooh. now I, you know, I had to like a little bit more of like a plan of how to do it and how to achieve it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you got a master's degree. Yeah. So then, I, well, then finished university, okay, yeah. started working, okay. started working within the healthcare sector, um, and then decided to go back to school and do my master's. Wow. And you're finished. I'm finished. Yeah. Incredible. Yes. Wow. <laughs> um, Jesus. Amazing. Okay. And so you're working, you kind of spoke about it before, but what um, brought you actually? So you described sort of what you're doing now and kind of why. Um, but maybe what are the things that you do while helping? You know, if you were to be in a group mm. of kids and working on things, what what are those things that you're working on or, help, or helping them yeah. understand? Yeah, so a lot of what I do is so workshops that are based on health and wellness. So we talk a lot about resilience. So really building that mental strength. Um, I think that's key. It's one of the things that I always talk about because I feel that particularly young people, they're going through a lot of crisis, but just yeah. anyone in general. Do you know what I mean? Being resilient allows you to really simply just be able to bounce back, right? From change, mm-hmm. from challenges, from obstacles that we all face. So really trying to build that strength, that confidence in young people. Um, so that's really what the workshops are about. But, you know, you try to make it interactive. You mm-hmm. want to make it fun. You know, there's games and things like that. But it, it's really helping people um, build that confidence, that self-esteem, that self-worth, right? Yeah. So how do – I'm curious. You mentioned it too. So sometimes if you're working with um, – homeless youth or mm. people that have been that are in rough in a rough spot i'm curious what type of or can you maybe just explain the different responses you might get because <laughs> if there was someone in there like yourself yes that person would have been asking questions yeah. coming in for extra time and then another kid might be sort of think ah screw this you know because it's it's really hard i assume for a kid in a in a situation yeah. like that to see that it's possible not to be and how if that's the right way to ask it and how do you see the different type of young people respond differently or does that make sense kind of yeah so i think so the first thing that i always do when i work with young people is i share my story with them yeah because i think that's really important for them to see and to understand that you know i'm coming from a similar place that they are and so when i'm telling them these tools, I'm giving them tools, I'm giving guidance, we're doing these, you know, games, these strategies, they understand that this is rooted in things right. that I've done that have worked. Yeah, this yeah. is not just, you know, this, I didn't just get this from some academic book, like this yeah. is real life, right. you know, and that's important because I think a lot of times, and I love academia, so I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, a lot of times people come into these spaces and they work with young people, vulnerable young people, and they come from this lens of research and academia, and I know, and I love that, but 
you know, just because something says it in a book mm-hmm. does not mean it relates to real life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right. Sure, so it's yeah. kind of so I always want to let them know, like, you know, this is I'm coming from sort of that place that they're coming from. And I think that also helps because then they're like, hold on a second. You came from where we are <laughs> like, <laughs> and you're this is what you're doing. OK, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. wow. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, because it. And do you see. I guess, I mean, you have recently you started started this recently, so. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know of other trajectories or how do you see that happen in people's lives similar to yourself, but to go from that place to a master's degree and, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, No, I mean, it's, it's amazing because not only do I do this work, but I also sit in the board at Massey Center for Women, um, which is a organization for homeless pregnant teen moms and their babies. Yeah offers wraparound services similar to Covenant House. I do a lot of work with them. And so you see young people that have been in these programs, have used these organizations, and now they're going back to university Mm -hmm. or they're going to one young lady's doing her master's. Right. So, I mean, you, you, it does happen Mm -hmm. when they get the services, when they get the help and the support. Mm -hmm. So just seeing that, it's like, oh, okay, nice. Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm getting goosebumps (laughs) thinking about that. Um, uh, so, a lot of obviously people end up in these services for different reasons mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but, and you have been doing a lot of talking and, and work and involved in these discussions around the human trafficking mm-hmm. side of things. So maybe we can get into that and maybe also, so I don't forget, <laughs> I saw you post something which was really cool about, I don't remember the specifics. It was about taxis or Uber or something like that. Oh. Um. You know, being a great, way to i guess help catch the traffickers yeah. or whatever so yeah. can you explain that to a bit yeah a bit so about that? yeah mm-hmm. so there was um it was an article i'd seen um i forget which country it was it was somewhere in asia and their uber service there i, I went by a different name i don't think it was uber okay, but yeah. it was a different yeah. drive service yeah. um so they had trained all their drivers um how to be alert for human trafficking. Yeah, wow. And so because as we know, so a yeah. lot of these young girls are being, you know, traveling through Ubers yeah. to go see clients. And so just having the drivers aware of, you know, what to look out for. Is the girl look nervous? Does she have bruises? Does she look underage? These different things. Wow. And then they're able to, you know, offer them here. I can call somebody. You know what I mean? They have like a procedure and steps Jesus. of what to do. So they would actually intervene in yeah. the cab. Yeah. yeah. Or they would notify yeah, I think they Something have like um like a number that they're able to wow. call to be able, and a place that they're able to bring the young women to if they suspect this is going on. Wow. Yeah. That's So you know, I yeah, think there is there smokes, is a yeah. there is a social responsibility for mm-hmm. these huge, you know, organizations mm-hmm. like Uber, Airbnb yeah. that um a lot of their money, and not all of it obviously, no, but there's no, a considerable some, amount yeah, of money yeah. that they're earning is coming from human trafficking. Yeah. And we wow. think this is just we know this. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Um Wow. And maybe you can explain to us about human trafficking and just some of the places that you've been talking about and and contributing your thoughts and experience to. Yeah. So I think... Like, what is it? Yes. Yeah. So that is... So really, so that's the key because a lot of people, when you say human trafficking, the first thing that comes to mind is like the movie Taken. It's, you know, it's something, maybe some like Eastern European, they're kidnapping a young girl, you know, like at gunpoint, she's being locked in a room somewhere, forced to do drugs, right? So this is sort of the image that we have of human trafficking. Um, When in reality, human trafficking is, it's the control. So it's any purpose means of controlling someone for the purpose of exploitation. Like, uh, I guess any type of exploitation. Yes. So not just financially. Yeah. Not just, not just financially, be, right. not just sex. It can right. be labor, can be forced marriage. Yeah, so there's, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so there's all these yeah. like nuances to it. Yeah. But I think, um, so my, I would say, so I focus on sex trafficking, right? Yeah. So that's my area that I really focus on. Yeah. But even within sex trafficking, a lot of people, even that they don't understand. Um, because again, there's that idea that it's a woman being, you know, chained and locked down somewhere. When a lot of times it's young girls that are living at home, which I tell parents, and that's something that they're absolutely shocked about, that a lot of the young women that I've met who are underage and are 
being under the control of traffickers are in high school. And what is what? So what would their experience of trafficking or yeah? Would, how would that look? For so them? typically, um, what you see is a young girl will meet a guy, right? So there's so many different avenues. It's just maybe at the mall. Mm-hmm. It's on social media. Yeah, now it's all through the phone. Yeah. Now oh it's God. even easier because you have social yeah. media. Um, and a lot of times they'll use the approach of like a boyfriend, a love, you know, a love interest. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, you know, meet the girl. Have her fall in love, wine and dine her, do all the things, buying expensive gifts, mm-hmm. treating her like she's a princess. Um, and so then after that point, then there's kind of the pulling back, right? So at first you're kind of, you're, you're kind of luring them, you're grooming yeah. them. So you're kind of pulling back that love. So then it's, you're sending these messages like, okay, wait a minute. Does he love me? Doesn't he love me? What's going on? Right. Mm-hmm. So of course, young person like serious manipulation thing. right yeah. so it's the psychological yeah. manipulation yeah. trying to say okay what can i do to win back this person's right. love and so then we start to see with the introduction of okay i need you to do this maybe it's can you sleep with my friend this is one time yeah maybe yeah. can you go work in a strip club or a massage parlor so there's so many different avenues obviously Holy um, man, yeah. and a lot of times young women might even agree to do this obviously under coercion and believing yeah. it might just be one time. Yeah. But once obviously they, they agree to do it, then I mean, they're being exploited, they're controlled and they can't stop. Yeah. And so they do it once and they're, they don't really, I guess it's somewhat hypothetical, but so they don't think they, they're just, okay, I'm just doing it fine. Like I'll do it. And then the next time comes and they start to think, Jesus, what the hell is going on? Kind of thing. Yeah. And, then, and so what, what, so there's the psychological manipulation. Yes. There's the money, perhaps. Yes. There's also there's the physical. And, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's. Yeah. I mean. So I mean, it, like, because it obviously it varies, yeah, right? Of course. So yeah, in some yeah. cases, yeah, it's physical, where you know what I mean. They're being physically brutalized. Yeah. They have to do it. Um. Sometimes it's through drugs. Yeah. If the women, right, you know, are right, using right, drugs, yeah, yeah. then they offer you drugs for free. Yeah. And now they have you under control. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, that's a big one. It's a big yeah, one. Yeah. Or sometimes, right? It's sometimes it's a way. It's, you know, a blackmail. Maybe they have photos of you, provocative photos or video. Now you have to, otherwise I'll show this to your family. Right. Um, there's been, you know, times where they've actually threatened the lives of your family. Yeah. If you don't continue to do yeah, this. Yeah. My um, God. So, that, yeah. That happens. Yeah. yeah. Or sometimes it's, you know, something a little bit more, I think, insidious, which a lot of people don't understand where it's, where it's more that psychological control, yeah, right? Yeah. Where it's more of, you know, if you love me, if you care for me, right. you'll do this. Right. If you're not, if you don't, you know what I mean? So then the young woman feels an obligation to this person because they love them and this is what they have to do for the yeah. love. Oh, that's really helpful. Um, I, cause similar to many situations that people are in, th- there's often judgment passed on. Oh, yes. why don't you just leave? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or yeah. why don't you just do this? Or why yeah. don't you just whatever? Um, but all those examples are really helpful to, I guess, more thoroughly explain. Like, it's really, a deeply seated, weaved, awkward manipulation. Yes. Man, it's um okay, yeah. So then they're stuck or they're in the pattern of that. Um and some never get yeah. out or I mean, yeah, once you're sort of um under their control of a trafficker, you're right, exactly. So for some young women, it's it's impossible to leave. I mean, if their their lives are threatened on a daily basis, their movements are being watched all the time. Escaping can be impossible unless you know they have their, the support of the police or someone else can come in. Yeah. Um, so it can be. Yeah, it's, it's something that once you're in something, and next thing you know, you don't know. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, wait a minute, how did I get in this situation? And then you can't leave. And then again, because you're doing this kind of work. Right. So there's such a shame and a mm-hmm. guilt associated mm-hmm, with it. Mm-hmm. Many young women, they may not, how can I go back home to my family? Yeah. How can I show my face and to my old friends and the people that knew me yeah. knowing that I've done this work? So there's so much yeah. going on there. And I assume, is there a fear of incarcerate, like getting in trouble by the police or? So, that, yeah. So there are these cases um, where you know, the women are forced to do illegal things. So I'm not right. even talking about prostitution. Yeah, okay. I mean, selling drugs, yeah. moving drugs for their, you know, for right, the trafficker. Right, 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 right. Um, and so they get a criminal record. So now you have a criminal record. I mean, how do you tell the cop, I was just doing this from a, tra- do you know what I mean? From yeah. a trafficker, you can't, yeah. you can't explain that. But now you have a criminal record. So even if you do leave, how are you going to get your life back together? 
So there's so many different yeah. things that are happening that oh, make it even it harder for the young women, not only just to leave, but even yeah. when they do leave, to be able to get their lives back together. Seriously, yeah. And do do you know how the police or the justice system treats women in those situations? Or? Well, I do, so I do um I do know that so the Toronto has a dedicated human trafficking department. Okay. Um, and they're amazing. <laughs> um, there's about, I think there's 14 of them now. And they do this work day in and day out. And these are like some of the greatest officers you could ever meet. Um, and I do know that they are now trying to bring in that um, trauma-informed lens and care yeah. to their work. But it's hard because like still a lot of judges don't necessarily understand human trafficking. Yeah. A lot of women, even if they get out, they don't want to testify against a trafficker. Yeah. They're so afraid and they've been so brainwashed. Do you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, 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 it's really yeah. hard to one, save the girls and then go and then get justice. That's yes. even, that's a yeah, whole yeah, nother yeah, process. Yeah, that that's is. very hard Jesus. to get justice. My, yeah. That's another layer that I <laughs> didn't even think about. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's one. How do you help the individual get out of that circumstance? Yeah. But then, yeah, the justice side of it must be just, Oh my goodness. Yeah. It, it, there's, so there's a lot going on. And then, like yeah, you were saying before, yeah. if the person had done, um, you know, criminal activities yeah. or done anything illegal, well, under the control of a trafficker, how do you deal with those charges mm-hmm, and things mm-hmm, like that? So mm-hmm. there's a, yeah, there's still a lot of work to be done in this space. No um, kidding. I think the number one thing is awareness and listen, I hate just talking about it. So one thing that I noticed, um, when I started talking about, I started sharing that and, and really, I did it because, you know, like, I'd always share my story when I was with young people. So in those spaces, they were safe spaces. They would tell me their story. I'd share mine. Right. But I didn't really, you know, share it on a public platform, yeah. right? Um, because, you know, obviously, there's 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 ramifications for everything. Once yeah. you, as you know very <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you're, you're yeah. online, you're on social media. Once you share these things, you can never take it back. Do you know what I mean? And then you now have that label attached to you. So it's also you have to think of like your family and everything like that. So there was a lot of even hesitation on my part to just talk about it. But then I just noticed there was no one else doing it. Like there was nobody else particularly that looked like me. Yeah. So I'll say that too, right? So there was no women of color, um, black women that were having this conversation. And just in my experience working with so many young women and a lot of them women of color. Yeah. You know, I thought if they don't have anyone that looks like them that can be, you know what I mean, that's able to talk about this, how are they going to be able to see that they can, do you know what I mean, really turn their lives around? Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, it's an interesting, I mean, everyone's different. And so we all have our ways of connecting to stories and to people's, I guess, experience. And yeah, it's amazing sort of. I wonder what you think about this. Because people always say, oh, you know, not to me specifically, although sometimes, but to people in general who are sharing their mm-hmm. um, maybe vulnerable past or whatnot or deeply seated experiences, mm-hmm. they often say, you know, oh, you're so courageous or you're so brave or yeah. whatever, um, which in some ways is true. Um but then the other side, it's, well, this is maybe what we just want other people to do, too. And you don't have to be brave and courageous. I'm having a hard time sort of formulating the question, but when you were just describing sort of you didn't see anyone out there doing yeah. this, and so you chose to do it to help other people say, oh, my God, that person is doing this, and maybe I can, too. Um, how do we move that? conversation along that everybody most people have within them the the ability to be courageous yes. and to break through that and etc and maybe just uh, any conversations you've had around those things or when people come up to you and say oh my god yeah. Ronelle, that's so amazing yes. and you inspired me and and etc just how that process goes or yeah i think that you know, sometimes you need someone to be the first, Yeah. you know, right? right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's like in that classroom, you need someone to stand up and be the first <laughs> yes. to raise their hand. Yes. Um, and so I, I do think there is, there's a level of, you know, bravery that takes sometimes yeah. being the first person when there's no one out there talking about yeah. it. But knowing that by doing that, other people will then say, okay, this is a safe space. This is, this is okay to talk about like me too. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that Me Too movement started because, you know, women said, okay, other women are talking about it. Now I'm not alone. I, I can feel comfortable sharing that. And so when I talk and I do um, talks in different places, it's interesting because I'll have all sorts of people because I talk in, you know, with young people, yeah, adults yeah. and different situations. And all sorts of people come afterwards and say, you know, and, and most of them are not survivors of human trafficking. Yeah, most yeah. of them have never been homeless. Yeah. Most of them have never experienced any of the things that I've experienced. But what's rooted in, you know, I think our experiences, mine, is just, you know, whatever pain, whatever, you know, loneliness, there's an emotion, there's a feeling that we're as humans, we all go through. So we can all sort of relate to that. So I don't think you necessarily have to have a story that looks like mine or that yeah. looks like yours, yeah, yeah. but just understanding that we're all human yeah. and we all have these vulnerabilities and we're all going to go through these feelings. And let's just talk about it. Like, it's okay to say, you know what, <sighs> I... There was a time when I hated myself. I struggled with self-love. There was a time when I felt such shame or guilt. Like, that's okay to say because you're human. Right. Do you know what, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, no. So, I, right? So if we I'm start talking lovely, about this more yeah. and more, instead mm-hmm. of people carrying that shame, because you know, and I know, when people carry that shame and that guilt and that pain, it's so destructive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether yeah. they start, you know, hurting other people, they start hurting themselves, it manifests in so many ways in your life. Yeah. That's amazing. Um Shoot, I had a. I was, <laughs> you know, the que- like these questions, follow up questions, pop into my head, and then I don't want to think about them because I want to pay yeah. attention, and then they disappear. That's why oh, you're the host. <laughs> it was something about sharing stories, being vulnerable. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. got it, <laughs> found it. Um, I know in some, so in in uh, mental health, so when people there's training for people who want to tell their mental health stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the parts of the training, sort of these institutional trainings are ensuring that the individual is comfortable with their story enough that like they, they've had enough experience with the shame and the guilt and the, and the, um, to speak out honestly. So I'm curious, obviously you, um, have built yourself into such a, strong individual like you're a force of nature you know yeah so i'm just curious what you think about um for people that sort of want to speak out maybe or and i guess there's other levels of speaking out too right it's like you could just tell your friend right or your sibling or you don't have to go on cbc or yeah yeah yeah, go meet right so just yeah what do you think about that and how people like do you think i guess do you think it's important for people to be comfortable enough in their own skin or in their own space to say something because if they do and they're not ready oh, then yeah. maybe it could have detrimental yeah, no, effects no, 100% yeah. I think that you have to be um, like you have to have sort of whatever trauma or, you yeah. know whatever your yeah. story is yeah. you have to have sort of not necessarily dealt with it, yeah. but you know, to come to terms with right. it, yeah. there has to be some sort of healing. There has to be some sort of healing. So, and I find that usually that takes time. Yeah. So you like, I wouldn't recommend someone who's just recently come out of a traumatic experience yeah. to start yeah. talking about right. it. Use usually years of time that you yeah. know helps that healing process. Yeah. Um, I don't think I could have, I wouldn't have been comfortable talking about right. this when I was younger. Yeah. No, no, of course not. Yeah. Um, but I'm an adult. You know, I'm much older now. I'm an yeah. adult. Um, I've, you know, I've done my healing with this kind of. Th- I still do, yeah. and it's a continual thing I'll do for the rest of my life. Obviously, that's, no, that's really nice reminder. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, you're cause human. You never. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> we all have bad days, yeah. right? So you still this is like a continual thing of managing your mental health. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I mean, I've had people come up to me, and you know, they'll say, you know, they've just recently come out of a traumatic experience, right. and I'm like, you know, just take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, get healthy. Get healthy first. Yeah. You can't help other people if you're not healthy right, first. Right. So I think yeah, that's yeah. number one. And then if you do feel like sharing, you know, like you said, it doesn't have to be on this like, you know, like yeah. national platform. <laughs> right. Um, it can just be like with your friends. Like yeah. you said, it could just be like volunteering in the community. You can write. Yeah. So people just, you know, the people like to write yeah, now. Everyone's yeah, blogging, yeah. you know, yeah, so yeah. And the, which is, which is nice. Which I like. Yeah, nice, yeah. Yeah. Cause I blog too. So yeah. there's so many opportunities to share your story if right. you feel comfortable. Yes. Right, um, right. But even that, even you don't necessarily have to, but if you do, there's so many ways to do it that's yeah. not necessarily, you know, like on the most public platform. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah. Cause it does take time to, I, oh, you said heal. There was one other thing you said in there that was like, gave me the chills again too. It was something just about maybe coming to terms with what's happened to you and accepting yes. it and sort of, yeah. 
um, that is a hugely important thing for anybody going through anything difficult, I guess. And also, yeah, doesn't matter if it what type of pain and suffering yeah. and trauma it is. There's just something so beautiful about the healing process and the acknowledgement and the acceptance and then yeah. you can communicate it and help other people do the same. I think that's actually such a nice, um, I don't know. <laughs> God, the thing that comes to mind is trickle down, right? It's, <laughs> there's so many or ripples in the waves. Yeah. It's like you, you sort of, you jump in and then all the little ri- waves spread out and help other people. And that's awesome. Um, so yeah, what else, uh, there's oh you i'm stumbling over my words hi everybody um maybe can you tell us a bit about r kelly because you were you were discussing that a little bit can you yeah is that cool (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. so um so i don't know so if you saw the r kelly docuseries i didn't know but okay i'm old enough to know that Oh yeah, so you remember well, like, I know. the stories oh, well, of R. Kelly? Every, yeah, everybody yes, does. Of yeah, course, yeah, right, of course, right, everyone right, does. Yeah. yeah, but but you know, to be honest, beyond that, I don't know much. Yeah. I know he's uh, getting in trouble. Yes, and that was kind of it. Um, I had, you know, like everyone else, I'd heard all these stories about R. Kelly through the years, but you kind of forget out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And then just this past um, Christmas, there was a docu series that aired, which was talking about recent allegations against R. Kelly as far as um, just, you know, sexually assaulting, yeah, abusing yeah. minors, just that same stories that we've been hearing for yeah. years. Um, and now a case of where he's actually has women um, kind of like trapped what they're calling it. well they were using the term sex cult but trapped within his home and so the piece that i wrote um in flair magazine was just sort of likening r kelly to a human trafficker yeah because and that's again where that nuance is on human trafficking because it's it's that control he has over these young women through you know allegedly i guess i have to say yeah yeah no it is important to say that <laughs> right yeah. allegedly yeah. Yeah. um that these women described in the docuseries where he would just even just the process of just meeting them yeah. was where, you know, he would he would lure them in, he would start to groom them, and then he would start controlling them and like exploiting them. Now there was no financial gain because he wasn't, you know, making money off them. Yeah. So but it was his own for his own purpose of exploiting them. But I mean, it was very, very much in line with how yeah. we yeah. know human trafficking yeah. is. Um and I think even one woman described how she had to ask permission to go pee. Things just disgusting, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, things like that. And so, and actually, I had read recently, I don't know um, if this is actually 100% true, yeah, you know, when yeah. you read things online nowadays, yeah, yeah. but that the Department of Homeland Security, right? So DHS in the United States was actually looking into him for human trafficking, wow. potentially to be yeah. charged with. Yeah. And so the docuseries came out and did that, was that after charges were laid? So was before. He's under charges now, right? He's now yeah. been charged, I think, like, uh, I think like 10 counts. But yeah, so the docuseries happened and that reignited the case. My so gosh, obviously, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's kind of good and bad how our society is nowadays, yeah. right? With social media. Yeah. So because of all the attention, it got, you know, Twitter was trending everywhere, social media, all of a sudden the Chicago piece said, okay, we're going to reopen the case. Right. Kind of, you know, kind of thing or not reopen it, but we're going to look into this again. And then all these subsequent charges happened. So it's good. So you're like, great. Social yeah. media, you know, they got this guy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then it's also like it took social media mm-hmm. to do that. So you kind of think, you know, all these women, this was going on for all these years, 30 years of this man allegedly yeah. molesting, abusing women, girls. And well, this is what it took for, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, to hopefully finally have justice. Wow. So the 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 docu-series, was it filmed – these the the women that were in the show were they passed like did they get out of his yes. clutches or yes or? so all the women were um survivors right okay. so it was surviving or kelly survivors of kelly how how did they find them or how did that even happen Do you i know? mean I don't, honestly i don't think it was yeah. very hard yeah i mean I, I think the 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 woman dream hampton was her name the director of the docuseries yeah. i is mean is she one of them she's not one of them no, okay. but she's been following that case like yeah. many other journalists yeah, reporters yeah, yeah. And so I think just, you know, when they started, like there was people, people just wanted to share. I think there was actually a lot of women who were like, I want to tell my story. Yeah. 
they were, you know what I mean? And so I don't think it was that hard to find women. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Wow. Holy moly. That's intense. (laughs) Um, yeah. And so what's, uh, what are you, um, doing right now or what, what for the rise and for your, your world of things? Like, what are you working on or what do you want to talk like tell us about or yeah what do you want to be working on yeah yeah yeah. so i'm still so yeah tell us about your dreams yes yes i'm still of course you know working with the rise initiative um so you know there we're doing workshops speaking with young people um it's definitely my passion it's what i love to do um but as i know i think we've talked about this too before um you know, when you're working with nonprofits, I work with a lot of grassroots organizations. Yeah. Um, so there isn't a lot of necessarily money there, right? So mm-hmm. you still have to find other means of income. Yeah, no. <laughs> right? This is, yeah. right. It's the reality. It is. Um, and so <laughs> I do, I do consulting work with, I have a research mm-hmm. background. So doing research. Right. Um, I do a lot of speaking engagements and that's really good because particularly when you do speaking within the corporate sector, um, that can, you know, kind of help to, offset some of the expenses when you're working with smaller organizations who really can't afford to pay you to come in or, you mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Things like that. So cool. Yeah. And what about, uh, some of the, tell us about some aspirations. I know you, yes. you saying that you've <laughs> been thinking about writing a book perhaps. Or, yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, paint a picture of a, not of a ideal five or 10 year oh, span. Oh, yeah. yeah. What <laughs> you, I was thinking earlier, actually, I probably forgot to say this too about, um, getting involved in sort of internet, like, um, what's the world, not the World Health Organization, the United, United Nations? Nations. Yes, yes. So you, you <laughs> yeah, probably heard about that. Yeah. Yes. So yes, yeah, so I think, um, yeah, so a couple different things. Yeah. So definitely yeah. as far as the advocacy piece, mm-hmm. um, yes, really want to take this work that I'm doing, particularly around the human trafficking yeah, yeah. on an international level. Yeah. So, um, so just kind of, you know, in the process of connecting, you know, with just various people within the States, they're doing this kind of work. Right, right. Um, and then definitely exactly be able to connect with something like the United Nations, um, United Nations women yeah. and be able to help support that sort of like yeah. global effort yeah, to raise yeah. awareness. So that's definitely on my you, in line. Yeah. Yes, cool. Cause yes. And you're also, you know, a scholar in yeah. some ways, right? Yeah, and yeah. a researcher. So yeah. you have yeah. such a nice uh, set of skills that you can really. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. so. And then I think, you know, obviously then too with the lived experience. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think that, so that's definitely sort of like goal yeah. to do, to cool, work in that cool. direction. Yeah. Um, writing my memoir yes. slash, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily a memoir, sure. but I think just, um, I want to write a book that really, you know, shares my story but also really leaves the audience with like i'd talk a lot about resiliency so a lot of sort of the tools like those things that i've learned in my journey about resiliency and i think you know how i was able to apply that in my life and i still do today yeah so um yeah definitely starting to work on the book looking for a publisher (laughs) it's a whole nother thing no kidding oh my gosh cool yeah yeah um yeah i wonder what those world i'm not World Health, but the United Nations and all that human trafficking. It isn't just a big, yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. We yeah, think yeah, on yeah, international yeah. level. Yeah. I mean, it's completely different, you know. So, but yeah. I think again, it's awareness is key. You know, yeah. I, I liken it to um, really domestic violence. So back when we when I was younger, mm-hmm. I remember people talking about domestic violence, and it was like people were just starting to understand like Stockholm syndrome yeah. and like why women go back to their abusers and things like that. And now I think people we could talk pretty comfortably about domestic violence. And people, the general public understands why a woman may go back yes. to an abuser, right? Because there's that psychological yeah. manipulation and control yeah. going yeah. on. And I think I would like to see people human trafficking. People have the same level of understanding right. about human trafficking that they do domestic violence. Yeah. That's a, yeah, it's nice that we got into that, the psychological manipulation. And I think for people who haven't ever been in a situation yeah. or maybe haven't ever been aware of how they can fall, I don't want to say victim, can fall, can be susceptible to being manipulated. Yeah. Um, when you can understand how that works, you can have so much more empathy for people that are stuck in those situations. Cause well, it's yeah, like, like what I try to tell people is 
everyone has vulnerabilities, yeah, right? Yeah. So um, obviously you and I have them. So now that we're older, we're adults, we're able to maybe mask them better, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. right, everyone, we don't necessarily like show them to the world our yeah, vulnerabilities, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they still are there. For sure. So if somebody, <laughs> you know, right, the reality yeah, is they're still there. Yeah, so yeah. if someone was able to tap into them, we could still even today yes. be susceptible, yeah, right? Yeah, now imagine definitely. being a child. Yeah who doesn't have the wherewithal to mask their vulnerabilities because they're a kid. Mm-hmm. They just don't know. So do you know what I mean? So yeah, now yeah, yeah. they're much more susceptible to anybody that wants to come. And it's not even just, you know, human trafficking is one thing I yeah. talk about. Yeah. But when we think about young men joining gangs, yeah, it's a, you know what I mean? It's the same thing. You're being exploited for your vulnerabilities. So yeah. it's, it's yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, your defenses are lower. Yes. And it also gets... It becomes part of who you are more yeah. so. So then it's even yeah. harder to break that cycle. And it's. And you know, your, your brain isn't even fully developed. I mean, yeah, there's a lot, you know, yeah. just cognitively like thinking that's going on in a young person's mind. Mm-hmm. So I think once you kind of understand that, you can say, okay, I could see a particularly young person. Yeah. But this happens to, you know, people can be manipulated at, at any age. Yeah. You know, so it's totally. not just when you're young. Yeah. Um, but it's the idea of, you know, someone being able to just exploit the vulnerabilities that you have. And if you're not, aware of that that's happening yeah. yeah do you know what i mean totally yeah and then and for the general public so to speak yeah. to be aware of that more so i think a lot of our resistance to helping people or to being compassionate just comes from lack of understanding and empathy and the more yeah yeah the more we get like this is a it. total side note yeah. but um I was just reading, you know, I'm sure you heard too, that the provincial government is no longer going to be funding a bunch of those um, safe injection sites. So, you know, there's like... Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I know they tried to shut them down, but then they got... Yeah. They agreed to keep them open. So what is this like a backdoor? Yeah. So to, just, like, I think it was just like on Friday, they just oh, released, man. they said, you know, they're not, they're... I think they shut down a few of them. They're not, they're not going to fund a few of them. So a couple of them that are in Toronto right. that are ones that are, you know, heavily used. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're not funding anymore. I think the federal government jumped in and said, okay, we'll help you with the funding. But I don't know how long wow. that's going to last. That's so sneaky. Cause- but it's so, but I think it's the same point that you were saying is because people, if you've not lived it, if they yeah. don't understand addiction, right? They don't understand drug addiction. Yeah. And then they, they say, well, they can't actually empathize for someone who's a drug addict struggling with substance abuse. And so it's easy to say, don't fund that because I don't want that person around forgetting that that's a human being yeah. that's obviously going through a great deal of trauma and pain and using drugs as some way to numb that. Yeah. And if we could have a little bit more, you know, empathy for that human being, you know, so. Yeah, no, but that's a good example yeah oh wowie zowie so uh yeah i guess that's been about an hour yes um so, oh yes yeah, so i guess i'll just yeah, say tell, people tell want to connect right now yes okay. please please do that yeah so if people want to um just reach me just find out more about the work that i'm doing um you can check out my site so www.renellbruder.com uh, i'll spell that um r-h-o-n-e-l-l-e B-R-U-D-E-R.com. So RenelBruder.com. And then social media, my handle is just my name. So RenelBruder. Yeah. And all that information when we upload the podcast will be. Yes. Yeah, will be there and you can get it there. Cool. What are you doing for the rest of the day? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing this afternoon? Oh, yeah. So um, I got to go back. I got to do some work. Yeah. So as I said, you know, I still have another job. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> got to do some work on the other job. Yeah. Cool. And then cool. relax. <laughs> right on. Okay. Well, thanks. Yes. And uh, let's get this music back on mm-hmm. here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for being here. And 